Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Enrico with you. As always, you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Nick underscore Sainer and at Radio Rico AC. Okay, let's uh, appreciate you guys hanging on for that that first segment. A lot of wild things happened. VJ was crazy as usual. Uh, he still forgot his quesadilla. So I hope he's listening. Yeah, talk about that CTE. Um, about to throw your quesadilla. Yeah, out, bro. bro. You still forgot your quesadilla. This guy. There's okay. There's a uh, there's a lot of stuff to get to. Um, when it when you talk about big picture Nebraska basketball, and here's here's what I'll say, and we me and Bot kind of talked about it a little bit on the post game show yesterday, and here's kind of where I um, came to, and as always, send in your thoughts four zero two four six four five six eight five. Here was my kind of uh, thought after yesterday. Nebraska has been embarrassed to mediocre teams and time and time again it's not just a one-time thing mm-hmm. if it was a one-time thing and they have 15 wins great you know sometimes they're, they're you okay. have an off night yes but it all started right off the bat against western illinois you lose at home in the first game of the year when expectations are already somewhat low you'll hear me say that all the time the, the coaches and the players might have high expectations for themselves which they should especially with the success at the college ranks that Fred Hoiberg has had in his past. And when you look on paper, Nebraska has the highest rated recruiting class in school history coming in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bryce McGowan's, who just won his sixth Big Ten Freshman of the Week award today. Like, with that, you should feel confident in where Nebraska basketball is heading. But here we are on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Here we are, and there is no confidence. For me personally, there, there's no, like, I can't even, I think a lot of people have checked out yeah, and, and I, you can't blame them. No, that's a fair assessment. That's, and, that's fair to do. And here's what I'll say, going back to the whole thought of, you know, you cannot let mediocre teams come in and beat you and beat you by a wide margin time and time again. And the, the, the reality of it is, is that they have, they've allowed that to happen. Now, with Iowa, I understand their overall record is somewhat good, but if you just want to look strictly at the Big Ten standings, they were ninth in the Big Ten Conference. Mm -hmm. Ninth. And I understand Nebraska's 14th, and they're bad, and we had this discussion last week about how, literally, to make Husker fans happy, be in the top ten of the Big Ten and get a first-round bye. And that's kind of the whole expectation thought is the coaches and players, it's great for them to have high expectations. They should have high expectations, and they want to make sure that the fan base knows that they have high expectations. But as a fan, we were coming into the season saying, be on the bubble. Be a top 70 team in the country. NIT. Yes, NIT. Be a top top 80 team in the country. Just be over 500. And here you are. You're 202nd in the net. You're 202nd. And so when we're looking at this, um, they lose to a team that was ninth in the Big Ten, a 500 team in the league, and I understand the Big Ten's you know really strong or somewhat strong this year, but 
what happens about the Northwestern loss? What's that one say about this program? Mm-hmm. And when we've had losses like that, when Nebraska has suffered through losses like that time and time again, how many times do you allow that to happen? And how many times are you going to, and this may be a little, maybe a tad far for me, but I, I, this is, I mean, after yesterday, it's it's really frustrating. You're, yeah, I was going to say, you're just um, angry. But at what point do we stop trying to do the same thing where it's roster rebuild every year because you have to, because that's the way that the roster is constructed Mm -hmm. in terms of we need to find transfer portal additions. And even if they're not the best fit for the system that we're running, but they are good athletes. We, we Nebraska has done that every single year. The last few years, there's been a lot of that, but it hasn't worked. So how many times are we going to allow that to happen and not say, maybe that's not the part that of this program that has to change. Brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, nobody wants to go through coaching changes. But at some point, we we can't be talking about how the players can't make shots. We can't be talking about how the players aren't doing their job, aren't giving effort. Because after a few years and a horrible record, who does that reflect on? Who 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 do we point to? Can't really reflect on the players when you're rebuilding your roster every single year so it's not the same players you would think so and and also you know coming back from last year where you know not not a great year and you're coming into this year with some type of excitement you had a core a group of players coming back who you were extremely excited about Mm -hmm. and and a group of players who were going to be very um intricate in in turning this program around yeah and and guys who who played a lot and granted you lost Trey McGowan's for a for an amount of time but you have Derek Walker you got the five-star Bryce McGowan's to come back you had let Lat Mayan who you believed was going to make it a, an improvement some sort of jump from last season it seems as if that hasn't happened you I mean you had you know Kobe Webster came back CJ Wilcher was on the bench last year so he was you know getting used to the team and you know he's going through practice and everything with them and everything so you had the amount some some players coming back who were going to play significant minutes and hopefully turn this team around and then you went into the transfer portal you went you know with the regular recruiting class and you did that and it hasn't worked out for the what third fourth year already for Fred Hoiberg and I don't know like I'm I'm in agreement with you there there has to be some sort of change and I don't want to talk yeah. about coaching changes or anything like that but there has to be something Outside of outside of you know flipping the entire roster again, that's the that's the part that I it's hard for me to get behind. That can is again. help this basketball team because you've you've done it the first year. You know whatever that that was tough. The first year was tough. You had all these players leave and you had to build a roster from scratch mm-hmm. in in a very short amount of time. That was rough. Um, second year after that first year, understandable. Again, you're building the roster. Third year. You had players coming back. You added your first five star. Yeah. It shouldn't be this bad. It just should Well, I, I just, the hardest part for me to get over, and, and I want to get to your guys' thoughts on the text line because there's a couple here I want to spe- specifically get to. 402 464 5685. Feel free to call in as well. Um, the, the hardest part, and I've, I've said it so many times, but I want to make sure that it gets across. Like, it doesn't take a lot for Nebraska basketball fans to be happy. It doesn't. Like, Bach and I were talking off air yesterday. 
how happy is Nebraska with 15 wins? How happy is Nebraska with 14 wins? If Nebraska finished this season, this this is this is a this is a question for for everybody listening. If Nebraska basketball finished this season, you know, starting over, three games over 500, just three. This mm-hmm. is a that's a mediocre season. Yeah. How excited would you be for next year? Well, I can tell you this: if you win 14 or 15 games, or you're you're winning, you know, if Nebraska was had 12 wins right now, 13 wins, PBA sold out. PBA is is sold out, mm-hmm. and that that doesn't that that should tell you everything. I mean, if Nebraska is two games under 500 right now, PBA is probably, if not sold out, pretty close. I just, and here's the deal: we got this on the text line. I mean, how comfortable are we if we let Fred Hoiberg go? He goes somewhere else and is successful, and we remain a bottom half Big Ten team. Well, see, here's the thing: what, my response to that is. Um, I mean, that's the situation with every coaching decision, number one. Mm -hmm. But number two, I mean, if that's the case, if he goes on somewhere else and we Nebraska remains a a bottom half Big Ten team, then nothing's changed. Because I I would follow it up with this. What have you seen from not only this year but the previous couple years to give you any indication that next year could be different? Now, with that being said, and Gus says this, only Derek Walker has improved from last year's team. CJ is about the same, and all the other returners have regressed. I will say this. Derek Walker is a guy I feel bad for. I feel bad for Kobe Webster because they're, they are bright spots. Mm-hmm. CJ Wilcher next year is the brightest spot on the team for me personally. Depending I, on who comes back. Depending on who comes back, yes. I mean, barring crazy situation where there, Bryce McGowan comes back, yes, there obviously. Are, there are two people who are for sure 100% not coming back. That is Kobe Webster, Alonzo Verge. Yep. Actually, Lat. Mayan. I believe he's a senior. We need we need to go deep into the roster. Yeah, but, we're going to have to figure that out. But I know um, for sure Kobe and Alonzo are not coming back. That, yeah. is, that is the only two that I'm 100% sure about because they are graduated and they have no eligibility left. You're right. I, I just think um, when, when you're talking about making a change, this is the situation where it's not – Nebraska basketball is not in a situation right now where it was with Bo Pelini where you're having somewhat success, I'm talking just on the field, mm-hmm. not off the field, put to, put that to the side. But it's not the situation where Nebraska was with Bo Pelini, where it was, well, we're winning nine games every year, but we're not competing for championships. Not getting over that hump. You're, you're not beating Western Illinois. You're not beating Incarnate Word. To be fair, Iowa did beat Western Illinois, so we should have seen this coming. Mm-hmm. But this, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think um, it's it's really frustrating where this program is at I think there was a lot of high expectations going into the year and I think a good chunk of them were warranted like I still think that if you look at this team on paper Mm -hmm. heading into the season you cannot be mad for everything we were saying now I will say um there's definitely Kool-Aid you have that everywhere but with this team now that we're however many games in and there are seven wins on the season you look at it, and this is where I start questioning what, what positions players are being put in. Because Alonzo Verge is in a completely different role than what he was at Arizona State. Now, mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, he's, he's, uh, he's definitely improved and gotten better in his role than when he, where he was at the first couple games. He has become more of a pass-first point guard, which is encouraging to see because he is a really good passer. Um, but yeah, players in roles that maybe they shouldn't like... 
I don't I don't you know know the whole starting and and you know bench player situation, but to me it seems as if maybe you insert CJ Wilcher into the starting lineup. Maybe you have Trey's done a good job of running the point every once in a while. Maybe you have him run the point, and then you'll still have Bryce and CJ who can also handle the ball. You move Alonzo Verge back to the back to the bench where he thrived at Arizona State. Yeah. You bring him off the bench. He he goes against the second you know some of the second team players for uh, for another team, and maybe he goes off. Like I don't. I mean, again, but these are the coaching decisions. I'm not a coach. I can't tell you all this. I exactly. haven't seen practices, but there are some players being put in situations that maybe they they're not used to and i'm i'm gonna push back on on craig a little bit here he says uh lat cj kobe eduardo case aren't very good eduardo has been impressive these last couple of games and you have to remember he's in like his third year of playing basketball like he, he didn't yeah. he, he's still learning the game for a young guy his defense has improved a lot his offense is is still a work in progress but he's got great footwork or or good enough footwork for for how young he is to the game and Casey every once in a while he'll show you exactly why they brought him in and, and why they yeah. call him you know the the Japanese Steph Curry I can't speak much on lat he's improved but the fact is that he, they he's he's improved Rico in the last couple of games not maybe, overall in the season maybe in a from in a from where stint. from where he was yeah. to where he is he has improved not shooting wise but movement off the ball and defensively uh, but for the reasons they brought him in to be a stretch four and to, you know, help rebound, help rebound and, and cause some mismatch issues, because, again, he's a stretch four. He's going to be bringing some yeah. of the, the bigger guys from the Big Ten out to the three point line that hasn't hasn't worked out very well for, for this team. So some of these guys are being put in positions where it's not really working out the best for them. But this and I hate saying this because they have seven wins. This team has talent. They have talent all over. On paper, they do. That's that's exactly what I'm. That's exactly my point. Um, that's exactly what I was trying to get at. Is like, on paper, this team is good. So then, when do we stop pointing to the players as being the problem? Excuse me. That that's what I'm saying. How many years will it take? Because after this year, Nebraska's still going to be looking for a true point guard unless um, they have somebody coming in recruit. I mean, Denim Dawson is on on campus already. Been practicing with them for a couple months now. But like, here's the deal is um, kind of what I was telling Bach yesterday is like they need everything that they can't control to go their way to win. Mm-hmm. For example, the other team, whoever they're playing, has to be shooting bricks. The other team has to be losing the rebound battle. And, and notice how I'm saying the other team has to be losing the rebound battle. Not Nebraska's winning the rebound battle. They, they need that. Nebraska, this is something they can control, have to get points off the fast break and in transition. For It's not them forcing turnovers. The other team has to turn the ball over. Like, there's so many things that to stay competitive in this in the games, and part of that's Big Ten basketball. But another part is there's no strength with this team. There's no strength. Three-point three shooting? Nope. No. Rebounding? No. Free throw shooting has impre- has improved. Mm-hmm. It Not has. A, wouldn't call it. A but shot. are you getting to the line that often? Wouldn't. How often? How often is everybody getting to the line? Derek Walker individually improved, mm-hmm. but you cannot ask him to rebound in the middle of three guys when your guard took it to the rack, doesn't get the foul call, and puts his palms up in the air, mad for the mad that there was no no call instead mm-hmm. of rebounding. Like you can't have that. You're seven wins. You have seven wins. You got to hustle. You can't. You don't like. 
you don't have the right to argue a no call because you are down 25 to the ninth team in the Big Ten and you go on a 10-0 run to trim the lead to 25. Like there's like you you can't do that. And I'm sorry that I'm 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 not trying to rag on the players or on the coaches, but in terms of a big picture discussion once again, it doesn't take a lot to make Nebraska basketball fans happy. It doesn't take a lot to um sell out Pinnacle Bank Arena. The best environment under at Pinnacle Bank Arena since it opened in 2012 no sit Sunday on Mar- in early March, the first week of March, I believe March 7th, 2014. Eight years ago. Not almost great. almost eight eight full years ago. Seven years and eleven months away. Or ago. And that was the best environment with a team that was led by Tim Miles, Taran Petaway, who was a transfer, <laughs> Walter Pitchford, who stepped out and hit the first three of the game like he did every single game from the top of the key because they ran the same play at the beginning of the game every single time out. Walter Pittsford drains a three, and Nebraska fans are happy, and, and the students are throwing paper up in the air. You don't have great. that. That'd be great to just have a play you know you're going to and it works. You, like, you don't have that. And, and it's so frustrating to talk about because, once again, every year it's the same thing over and over. Every year. I just, it, like, it's almost not even, like, I, I can't make the argument for effort because I'm starting to believe that it's more and more about the position of where they're at in, in the game. Where, where are the players being put? Now, I will full-heartedly admit, wholeheartedly, not full, wholeheartedly admit that I am not as smart as Fred Hoiberg. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to claim that I am. Can't, we can't I, even pretend I'm not, to be. I'm not saying that it is easy to win Big Ten games. But at Nebraska where you have talent on this roster and resources mm-hmm. and with the pedigree and the history that this this staff has, and despite them still having recru- uh, momentum on the recruiting trail, by the way, uh, Bryce and Trey McGowan's cousin, who is a three-star guard, Nebraska made his top six today. Nice. But at the end of the day, it's like something's got to give. And at, at one point... If you're Trev Alberts, you you have to worry about ticket sales. You have to worry about obviously the on the court production and how they're they're meshing. You have to worry about the vision that this staff has. It should not make it's, it does not make Trev Alberts happy when he notices two dollar tickets on StubHub to go to Nebraska Northwestern, mm. and then you get blown out by thirty or twenty five or however many whatever. And it's two dollar tickets, and the and the yes. and the arena is not full. Yeah. Like that, that like, it's not just the on the court, on the floor stuff that Trev Alberts has to worry about. It's so many other things that people not even might not even think about. But once again, you feel kind of better, more stable with a guy like Trev Alberts leading the way. So I mean, that's I guess that's big picture Nebraska ball. It's I mean, is I think it's safe to say it's kind of a mess right now. Nick is fired up. I am fired up. Um, but we can continue this into the break. We got uh, some texters that have some thoughts. I want to get to those, 402-464-5685. Go ahead and call now, $15 to the Upside Bar and Lounge. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Nebraska women's basketball. They play seventh-ranked Indiana tonight, and that is a team that is a lot of fun to watch. And so I hope folks haven't checked out on Nebraska women's basketball. We'll talk about that um, and give a lucky listener $15 to the Upside Bar and Lounge when we come back. 